Broadcasting live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located at Republic Boot Company in the Heights. Don't sweat the technique. It's the Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of the Killer Bees. Now bring you the fastest three hours in Houston sports radio. Here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. You guys, so we have three hours fast sports. We only have two hours left, you guys. Uh, Rodeo Eve. Rodeo Eve in Houston. Rodeo kicks off tomorrow. That's why we're out here at Republic Boot Company because it's Rodeo Eve. 15% off Rodeo Ready Boots. You can win a turtle box speaker, a Bluetooth speaker. Uh, RepublicBootCompany.com is the website. If you want to do your shopping online or just find out more information, find out what's good, RepublicBootCompany.com. Then get down here to the, uh, the brick and mortar, 1133 East 11th, down in the Heights. Fully stocked bar, outstanding, giving away drinks to anyone who stops by. They have hats, suits, sports coats, short, uh, shirts, boots, everything to get you geared up for the rodeo, uh, which begins tomorrow with our good old buddy Blake Shelton over there performing at NRG. All right, Texans, are you coming around on the idea of Saquon in Houston? Aaron Wilson is reporting that the interest is mutual between the Houston Texans and Saquon Barkley. Aaron Wilson of, uh, of Channel 2 covers the Texans now. Aaron Wilson, mostly right. He's usually he's usually always right. Usually always right. Now, he did say that D'Amico was not interested in the Texans job. He said, what was it with Cliff? He said Cliff was going to take the uh, job in uh, Vegas. Raiders. Vegas, yeah. yeah. Yep. So a couple of, couple of times Wilson's not been right. But other than that, he's always right. Other than those two examples, he's always right. Uh, he says it's a case of him communicating with top players, including C.J. Stroud, about a desire to play here. It is mutual. Between both sides, Texans will monitor the situation, as they should. Uh, They have not ruled out other running backs as well. But this is the first time we've heard that the Texans also kicking the tires on Saquon Barkley and could have interest in Saquon Barkley. Look, you'd like to have an upgrade. You'd like to have a guy with his skill sets, especially the skill sets that he possessed when he came out. The, The biggest thing that you know I always ask is at what price? Because if there's mutual interest... Maybe that helps you sway him if there's another team involved and you're, and you're going back and forth. But at the same time, I don't want the Texans in a bidding war and thinking that they've got to go you know, sky high to get a Saquon Barkley and now you're in the 11-12 range and you're looking at other guys that you could probably get cheaper that you think might be able to do the same kind of things. That's where I would might be a little bit concerned. I love the fact that all these guys have interest now at the Texans because I think a year, two, three years back, nobody had a whole lot of interest in the Houston Texans. And it's great to know that there are guys that want to come here, but as you you know talked about when when we had this discussion, that's great. But money talks more than anything else, and it's going to be the loudest voice in the room for most of these guys when trying to figure out where to play. So, are you going to be big time players and put a whole bunch of money on the table in the in the basket of Saquon Barkley, or is there a way to find more of, a, of somewhat of a happy medium? I think if you're going to spend on running back in free agency, though, I think they're all going to be comparable prices. Like, Saquon might be the one that gets the most, but let's say he gets $10, $11 million. Where did, what does Tony Pollard get? Seven? Like, what does Austin Eckler yeah. get? Five or six? So, like, I don't think that the gap there is massive. Like, Joe, I like his idea of, you know, you're bringing a Derrick Henry and a Devin Singletary on a Saquon Barkley price tag. Okay. Like, that's, that's a decent trade-off, especially for a position where you have some wear and tear, and it's about attrition. Saquon Bowie's had a texture say that the Texans are interested in injury-prone running back. Saquon's been felt relatively healthy the last few years. He only missed three games last year. That's not a ton. He missed one game the year before. That's really, really good. He missed three games the year prior to that. He had the one year where he missed the majority of the season, only played in two games. But Saquon Barkley the last three years, while he hasn't had perfect attendance, 
he hasn't missed like a ton of games like a lot of running backs uh, are capable of. Look, I, I think more so than going twenty plus million dollars on a receiver like a Mike Evans. Sure. I'm fine with Saquon Barkley as long as between Casario and his capologist, you figure out a way that you can make it all work. Because ideally, if I save $5 million off my running back because I can get an Eckler for the price of a Saquon, I'm interested in that if I need the extra money. But with the cap going up, if you if there's guys that you could possibly restructure as well to kind of get a couple extra dollars, and you think that head and shoulders Saquon is the best fit with the most left of any of the running backs, and, and now now he wants to come here? then I'm fine with spending that extra five. But if there's a way to save it or get two for the price of one, that seems ideal to me based on the fact that with a healthy offensive line, i got to believe that everybody's going to be better at rushing the football. See, that's, that's the thing. is that To me, this isn't so much about, obviously, part of it's running the football. Like, you need to improve in that area. I feel like the two biggest holes that the Texans had last year when it comes to moving the football as an offense – running the football, but also checkdowns. And I feel like that's where you need to get a running back who is good at catching the football and then making people miss once he does catch the football, yards after catch. And I do feel that's where Saquon's strengths are. Saquon wouldn't be my top priority. Like running back wouldn't necessarily be my top priority. But at the same time, if the Texans on the day one of free agency signed Saquon Barkley, how are you not excited for that? So even if you're not a Saquon guy or he's injury prone or he's not the perfect fit, if the Texans signed Saquon Barkley, how are you not excited? You know what it is, Jeremy? It's the equivalent of the Astros when they signed Hayter. You weren't looking in that direction as the utmost priority, and you weren't putting all your eggs in that basket thinking that's something you had to have. But the minute it happened, you were like, hell yeah, let's go get Josh Hader and get the best reliever in baseball, and let's add him to what we already got, and we'll make the rest of it work, and we'll get a little creative if we have to. But that gives you a chance to shorten the game and maybe win in a different way than we were possibly thinking. If you can get a Saquon, Saquon Barkley – Obviously, that's exciting. It's exciting for the city because he's a name. But when you look at it and see how he fits and the fact that because of some being dinged up a little bit, maybe there's not as much over mileage on him like a Derrick Henry type or an Eckler. And you know that he's a guy, if your offensive line gets right and gets healthy, no matter what you do this offseason, maybe even making it better. He's a guy that is going to capitalize on a great passing game with a solid quarterback. Yeah, so... Saquon wouldn't be high on my list of potential free agents. If the Texans sign him day one of free agency, cool. Like, awesome. Like, let's let's go. Let's see what that looks like on the field. Because I, I do think that's an area where the Texans can take that next step. And, and look, I think that they're going to be better, better running the football just by having a healthy offensive yep. line. I'm looking at this more from a guy who has the ability to catch the ball out of the, out of the backfield and then be a weapon out of the backfield. So many times this year you would have – like Damian Pierce in the game, where it's like, that's an easy check down, doesn't take it. Why doesn't he take it? I don't think he has a whole lot of faith in Damian Pierce. Uh, Devin Singletary was better out of the backfield catching the football, but wasn't fantastic. Uh, Mike Boone at times was back there. It's like, okay, he's not even looking that way. Like, I can't tell you how many times a running back out of the backfield had five, seven, ten yards of separation, uh, no defender near him, and he's not even getting looked at. That changes with Saquon. Does, that like changes even, with Saquon. I remember with Agunba Wale a couple yep. times where he did have that same space. He dropped the football, and, and you know he it just they were on they weren't on the same page. Where you're like, okay, the checkdowns between the running backs and sometimes even the tight ends. And we know that you know for as good as Schultz was, he also had the dropsies, and there were some opportunities in the, with the tight end game that I don't think they fully took advantage of. I would like to see both positions upgraded from a pass catching standpoint, simply because that gives your best weapon on the field, CJ, a. Chance chance to succeed even even uh, more 61 46 would you guys do two years 23 for Saquon sure 
<laughs> sure, like I, I'm not. I know that we're supposed to see here. Heart stances. No, I hate it. Yes, I love it. It's again. It's not my focal guy that I want in free agency. But if the Texans, if we woke up on day one of free agency, Texans have agreed to terms with Saquon Barkley on a two-year, twenty-three million dollar deal. I would be excited for that. This is the the way you you look at it. We told you how many starting positions you got to fill. So maybe you overspend at that position. Maybe you have to underspend somewhere else. But as long as the quality of the football player remains consistently better than what you, who you're replacing or you're trying to upgrade those positions, then you're in a good position, especially the more impactful positions. And in this case, when you're looking at a skill position that could actually upgrade the entire running back room, you have to be excited about that if that, something like that would happen. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Lamont says uh, if the Browns cut Chubb, I'd be all over that, possibly with good value. I would be too. I like the idea of that. Now people think that they're going to restructure with Chubb, and there's no way that Chubb's going to leave Cleveland. So I'm monitoring that. If he becomes available, I'd be very pleased with Nick Chubb on the Houston Texans. He's another one of those guys where you don't have to have him week one either. I mean, just make sure he's fully healthy. Make sure he's recovered from his injury. Make sure that you know he's ready to go by week five, week six, and then you know plug and play at that point, knowing. That, that's a huge shot in the arm whenever he's ready to play at 100% for you. And obviously he's shown how effective he is when he's on the football field. It's just, with the, you know, with, a, with any kind of a lower body injury, too, you have to wonder about what kind of level of play he's going to be at once he comes back. 4187, can only imagine what you two would be like if the Texans win the Super Bowl. I don't really know what that means. Excited, I guess? Like, I mean, <laughs> if that means that we're too positive, what would you rather us be crapping on, on a team that just – exceeded expectations, won the division, and gave you hope as a football fan in this city? Because I think most people signing up for that are, are consi- consistently desire that to, to talk about. Yeah, I don't know. We've never really been called the beacons of positivity. Mm-mm. What would your moves be if there was no salary cap? Um, Spend all of Cal's money, I guess. Yeah, all just of load Janus's up on money. defense for D'Amico and then get every weapon that wants to quote-unquote play here for whatever price they want <laughs> and then just go win it all. 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. Swing on by, say hello to us. We're Republic Boot Company in the Heights, 15% off Rodeo Ready Boots. They're ready to get you decked out for rodeo season. Rodeo officially getting underway tomorrow. We wanted to get you rodeo ready from head to toe. This is your spot for it. They got everything you could want. Cowboy boots, 15% off, as we mentioned. Full bar, stocked and loaded. Even got some tacos to go-go. Those are fantastic. 713-780-3776. Let's make mock drafts great again. Now we're making the Texans better today. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. It's rodeo time in Houston. And the Killer Bees are celebrating rodeo season inside the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located at Republic Boot Company in the Heights. Now here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Getting your rodeo ready. It is Rodeo Eve. You're, re- you're uh, ready to wear boots, 15% off. You saw a picture, Lance Berkman. This is where he got his cowboy boots. So if it's good for a Killer Bee, it's good for the Killer Bees. And it's good for you. Should be. It's good for you. Republic Boot Company in the Heights. Uh, their website, republicbootcompany.com as well. And all the killer bees love uh, Republic Boot Company. All right, let's take a look at uh, how we're making mock drafts great again. Before we do that, Paul was throwing some shade earlier. Uh, he's feeling high and mighty now that he's working with Joe George. It used to be our excuse for being divas and, you know, thinking highly of ourselves. But the Killer G's, the you new show. The queen, you should get that kind of that's a good point uh killer g's now leading right into the killer b's but here was paul earlier making fun of me i think i don't understand mock drafts 
dumb. They are dumb. Jeremy Brandon, every single day <laughs> that you do that, you are making us all dumber as Americans. For the love of Christ above us, stop it. Thank uh, you. Uh, all right. I'm Think- the GM of the year. God. The bit's <laughs> over. You don't know who any of these players are. You don't know anything about any of these players. I don't get no, it. That's not true. J.C. Latham, you could have made that up. Like, I, I don't know who that is. I don't, and guess what? I have no reason to know who that person is until he plays in the NFL. Well, even after he plays in the NFL, there's a chance Paul won't know who I he mean, is. I mean, I work in college football, so I know who these players yeah. are. Paul is identifying as a casual is what he is doing. But, I mean, I get Paul credits. Today's the first day in a long time. He's worked afternoon. He doesn't really get the bit. <laughs> but the bit, and we've told this to all of the Hive each and every day, is that the Easter egg here is I'm going to do these each and every day, and let's see the reaction of all these people getting bent out of shape about silly mock drafts. Because I also think that they're silly. Like, we put way too much priority in these mock drafts. Drafts and then actual the actual draft. Like when the Patriots took Cole Strange, uh, Cole Strange a couple of years ago. What a reach! Based on what? Based right. on these mock drafters. So like I agree with Paul actually, but Paul's playing checkers and I'm playing chess. Me putting this out there every day is a bit and an Easter egg for our radio program. So we see all of these people reacting to these mock drafts. And guess what Paul did? He fell for the he bait. Bit. He bit on the. He bit. fell for the bait. He he, bit, he fell for the cheese. We got Paul. Paul is our most famous uh, commenter on this Easter egg of these mocks that we do uh, to get people George riled up. himself a little to too much on that bit, too. I don't think Joe even realized what was going on. He just got a lot of Maybe cackling going on the, when uh, Paul bit. was going off trying to rip the bees. Yeah, but that's uh, – Paul fell for it. <laughs> Paul fell. But Paul, Paul, bit for the, uh, Paul bit for the bait. We got Paul to bite. Uh, anyways, how are we making the mock uh, drafts great again today? This mock draft comes from uh, Gennaro Feliz. Never heard of this lad. Uh, NFL.com. He projects the, Houston's to, the Houston Texans to trade up. To trade up to number, what is 16? it? Number, yeah, 16. And they select a tackle, J.C. Latham, which Paul knows who J.C. Latham is because he mentioned him in that soundbite. That's right, he did. Which, and then the, the write-up here is there's an argument to be made that C.J. Stroud is the most valuable team-building piece this side of Mahomes. Houston knows this and inherently trades up for a colossal right tackle to line up across the formation from Pro Bowl left tackle Laramie Tunsil, protect the franchise-changing quarterback at all costs, exclamation mark. What happened to Titus Howard? Is he going to left Where guard? Where is Titus Howard at? And you're paying him top five uh, right tackle money to play left guard. You're not going to give up on him that quickly just because of the fact that that you could you're going you're to move up and take someone in the draft. That makes absolutely zero sense. Yeah. So this this fella, Gennaro Gennaro Felice, he's a casual like Paul. Doesn't understand mock drafts, what the Houston Texans should be doing. So we're not even going to recognize the Houston Texans trading up to 16 for Latham. We're just going to do our normal thing where we look at picks 23, 24, 25, 26, and then make uh, make the pick for Nick Casario. At number 23, Byron Murphy's the selection. I I don't even like the Texans trading up. At, to number 16 and drafting whoever, like just sit where you're at and take Byron Murphy at 23, and I think we would be, all be happy if this was the Texans' pick at 23. Talk about the end result is making this team better. I think we've all said there would be a sprint to the podium, no matter who your favorite sprinter is, to run as fast as possible. If you could get a guy like Murphy there and he could fit in plug-and-play mode right there in the middle of your defensive line where D'Amico wanted to upgrade the, the, the defensive line, it's a scenario made in heaven, and you'd love to have it fall into you. I know the radio god Paul is the guy that gets to dictate dreams, wishes, and, and all those things on draft day. But, yeah, the the uh, draft gods would be doing us a favor if he's there at that position. Yeah, no argument here. Byron Murphy's one of the 
one of the very few names that if you and I do know about Byron Murphy, by the way, uh, I think a lot of people do know about Byron Murphy, uh, by the boy. way, he did play at Texas and people pay attention to a little college football in Houston. Uh, but Byron Murphy, the picket number 23, we would all be happy. I don't even have to ask Brian because he's a Texas guy. So next three spots, Tyler Guyton, offensive tackle to Oklahoma, Kingsley Sumatia, offensive tackle for BYU, first time we've seen him in this range, and then Keon Coleman, wide receiver, Florida State. So you can pick between those four guys, Murphy, Guyton, uh, Sumatia, and Keon Coleman. Which of the four are you taking? It's a no-brainer to me that you're going to go with Murphy because you're talking about a position of need that's maybe one of the, the most important positions of need this offseason, along with pass rusher, depending on what happens with Grenard, and corner with Stevie Nelson. I'm going defense before offense. I've said all along I think the first-round pick should be dedicated towards the defense, assuming that either one or both of Grenard and Stevie Nelson are going to be gone. And I think this is the ideal fit. Yeah, Coleman would be more of a luxury pick, but you already got two wide receivers that you could count on. And there's a, there's a possibility for you to kind of find some veterans out there at a good price that can kind of solidify the rest of the room along with guys that are still on your roster. This is no-brainer for me. I'm going, I'm going with Murphy, and I'm not looking back. Yeah, uh, you can eliminate the tackles right out of the gate. Yep. Like, I'm sorry, uh, Gennaro, Ricardo, whatever your name is. You made the list this week. Uh, Alex also said the killer. You just made the list. Yeah. Uh, so Alex, Joe's not going to escape Alex's uh, uh, strays. And then someone else texted in six one four six. Paul's take is invalid. Just by the way, uh, in case you care about Texas opinions. So Gennaro Felice, early, early, early leader in the clubhouse for bad take Boulevard. So let's eliminate the tackles. Guyton, yeah. Sumatia. Like I'm not, I'm not worried about tackle. I'm not worried about trading up for tackle. That's a terrible idea. So you're down to two players. You're down to defensive tackle, and you're down to wide receiver. I've been pretty vocal that I'm I'm not in favor of drafting a receiver at number 23. It's kind of how I feel about Saquon, though, because if you end up getting Brian Thomas from LSU at 23, I'm like, okay, like it wouldn't be what I did. But how is it, how are you not excited right. about Brian Thomas at 23? I feel the same way about Coleman. I don't lo- I don't think Coleman's a great fit here because he's not a great separator. And I feel like in a San Francisco scheme, you need more separation. Coleman's not really that guy. He's more not calling him DeAndre Hopkins, but he's more of a DeAndre Hopkins type where he catches balls in traffic because he doesn't get great separation, but he's really good at catching balls in traffic. I think there's a fit like that in the NFL. I don't think it's a fit with the Houston Texans. So this is a no-brainer for me. Uh, Byron Murphy, easily my selection, number 23. Byron Murphy might be my favorite selection at 23, by the way. Of any name that we've had thrown in the mix in the range of 23, 24, 25, 26, I think Byron Murphy's my favorite of any of them. If he slides, if he's sitting there, you just had, like I said, the, the the draft gods have shined on you in a way that you weren't expecting, and you will soak up all every bit of that sunshine because that would be ideal for this team. We know that we heard what D'Amico said. We know they want to upgrade the defensive line. We know that of defensive linemen, whether you like Johnny and Ill- from Illinois, the defensive tackle yeah. I don't know enough about, or the two kids at UT, you know of the two guys, Sweat and Murphy, Murphy's the best. If Murphy falls to you at 23, that's why you sprint up to the podium and you feel like the, regardless of how the rest of the draft goes, it's off to a banging start if you're a Texans fan. Uh, Brian, I'm imagining no uh, no <laughs> objection from you. No, no, of course not. You, you said it perfectly in the lead-up. I'm a Longhorns fan, so certainly I was, uh, I'm predetermined probably to like Byron Murphy here, but he, he absolutely, beyond uh, his, the, the color that he wore in college, he uh, he's, he fills the biggest need. I believe defensive tackle, as you guys have talked about, and as D'Amico mentioned in his end-of-year press conference, that's the bigger need than offensive tackle or wide receiver. And also like the Texans' ability to fill out, if they do want to address offensive line or wide receiver, I like the odds of them 
finding difference makers in the second round at those positions better than I do defensive tackle outside of possibly Devondre Sweat, the other Longhorn defensive tackle. But the wide receiver class in the second round is pretty deep. And the Texans need on the offensive line, as you guys have talked about, is in the interior, not tackle. And that's traditionally a place in the second or even third round where you can find some good interior offensive linemen. So, yeah, it's a sprint to the podium uh, for me as well for Byron Murphy. Unless you're Nick Casario, then you just take him in the first round at number, you know, in the top 16. <laughs> if, you, if you need a guard. Yeah, he did that yeah, before. That, that, how'd that Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. he did do that once. So, unanimous. Unanimous uh, for Byron Murphy. Nine three three one Murphy, all capital letters, hands down. Uh, 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line. We are Republic Boot Company. Swing on by. Tons of people already have swung on by. Uh, taking a look at these boots. Taking a little sip of the bar as well. Cool little bar tucked away in the back. I got some gentle Ben for your boy, by the way. Uh Fresh leather boots, always very good. And 15% off rodeo-ready boots, by the way. It is Rodeo Eve inside of Republic Boot Company with the Houston Livestock and Rodeo kicking off tomorrow. All right, Mailbag Monday. You can ask us whatever you want. 713-780-3776, our Mailbag Monday with the Killer Bees. What do you want to know? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees broadcasting live, Republic Boot Company on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Mike Holly, he has a pair of boots. U of H class of 1990, go Cougs. He's been protecting the interests of businesses for nearly 25 years. HRMP provides comprehensive human capital management services, including HR compliance, benefits administration, and payroll. HRMP will also work with you to customize a plan for whatever you need. There's nothing cookie cutter about HRMP. You need a little help, a lot of help, anything in between. HRMP will create a plan for what you and your business needs. Also, their customer service is second to none. You'll never talk to a stranger on the other side of the line. You'll be calling someone that's familiar with you, familiar with your company. I can speak to that customer service. Anytime I have a question, always get a quick response. Very easy to understand. Let HRP take on the demands of human resources and eliminate your HR burden so you can get back to growing your business. Give them a call at 281-880-6525 and let HRP customize a plan for you. 281-880-6525 or check them out online. HRP.net. That's HRP.net. Mail call! It's a mailbag Monday with a killer bees. You've got mail. Welcome back into the Killer Bees, broadcasting live from the Republic Boot Company in the Heights. Rodeo Eve, Republic Boot Company, getting you rodeo ready, 15% off rodeo ready boots. They got they got everything, hats, suits, sports coats, shirts, boots, of course. Uh, you got to get out of here, rodeo pre-party. You can visit them online, too, if you want to do your shopping online, republicbootcompany.com. Coach giving us a great idea. He was talking about Jordan in the two-spot. Best pure hitter in the two-spot, replacing your former best pure hitter in Michael Brantley. Coach said he was listening we, we, early in the show. They we were all over it figuring, it, figuring it out. But I know that he had to help. Like Paul said, he loves trinkets and earrings. So Coach had to take care of Paul before he left. Is, so. that, a, is that a real thing? Yeah, he, he said he, well, he liked trinkets. Uh, the earrings was something I didn't expect to see Paul shuffling through. But he was looking for something turquoise with some kind of sparkle to it. Let's go with those skin-tight jeans. Yeah, those painted-on jeans that he had on. Yeah, Joe was looking at a lot. By the way, uh, 713-780-ESPN. What is your question for the Killer Bees? 713-780-3776. Let's start out on the uh, the text line. 7230. Would you rather splash in a top name running back or a Chris Jones type and why? Probably going to get tagged, but I see it more defensive tackle running back. Let's let's make it simple. See, the thing to me with Chris Jones is is just his overall ticker and where he is in his career. 
He's won multiple Super Bowls now. He's looking to cash in. I think once he cashes in, he, he he's probably going to have a tendency to relax a little bit. And I don't know, ultimately, you want to spend all your money on a guy like that where he has is at it in his career. So I, I'm, not as, I, I'm not as likely to be in on a Chris Jones. Uh, if I'm going running back, defensive tackle, give me defensive tackle. Well, if it's not Chris Jones, right, right, there's just, other guys to consider. Yeah, and it looks like Chris Jones isn't going to leave Kansas City. But I would go defensive tackle more important than running back. No doubt. Yeah, I think what we, we talked about last segment, prioritizing, I would prioritize defense first. And it, a lot depends on if Grenard's back or not. But the combination of defensive tackle and another pass rusher, I think, are the utmost, along with a corner if Stevie Nelson is expected to go away. Key from L.A., how do you guys feel about dog owners who don't pick up after their dogs? Dot, dot, dot. I think they are dirtbags. Yeah, it's a big problem for me. And obviously with the dogs that we have, part of the responsibility is taking care of them once you get them, not just loving all how cute they look. So, uh, you know, at a certain point, you've got a responsibility every single day to make sure that as your as the dog owner, you do what they can't do for themselves. Do you do you pick up after your dogs? Absolutely. Every time. And, and you if know what? You, if you didn't, would you say that you didn't? I would admit it because of the fact that, like, you know, every neighborhood you live in these days has a Facebook page. And we moved recently. But even in my old neighborhood, because they post about these things, the first thing I would say is, look, I have four dogs, and I pick up after them every time. But even if I didn't, I'd be the first guy everybody in the neighborhood blames because they know, oh, that's the dog house with the, the people that have all the dogs. So I have to, but everybody needs to take the responsibility that they need to. I'm far too lazy to have a dog because I don't want to walk them. I don't want to clean up after them. I, but it, I know that, so I don't have right. a dog. There's a lot of people who also know that, but then they do have a dog. Like, those people are also dirtbags. Like, if you're not going to take care of a dog, don't have a dog. Right. Make, it, make a smart decision. Uh, 713-780-3776. Eric, the driver, how would you all rank the importance of the head coach in the big four American sports? What's the fourth? Hockey? I guess the traditional big four were baseball, basketball, football, hockey. Were they? I, I think that a lot of people, based on their TV deal and everything else, that have written off hockey. I think in a lot of ways, college football would probably be the fourth sport. Big three here. Big three here. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying. With NIL and the money that's being thrown around with college football these days, yeah. college football, college basketball, I think, has priority over NHL hockey. Let's go big three because I'm a hockey noob. Uh, football, basketball, baseball. I will go football one, basketball two, baseball three. As your ratings? Yeah, most importance. Yes. Most important to least importance for the head coach. For the head coach, it's pretty. Yeah, from a, it's pretty simple. I, I think a, a football coach can win games, can be responsible for winning games with schemes uh, and the ability, whether they're calling plays and doing things on either side of the ball or not. But I think football is definitely number one, and then I think that basketball, similarly, strategically. There's so much that goes into the in-depth X's and O's to take advantage of matchups. We saw it last night in a couple different places where if you've got a player or two that can have an advantage and how you create the ability to get that advantage is is definitely there's a science to it. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I would say that I go football, basketball, then baseball. And I think the gap between basketball and football is somewhat close. Football, small gap, basketball, massive gap, baseball. Like the gap between basketball at two and baseball at three I think is the Grand Canyon. Uh, football at one, basketball at two, I think is a very, very narrow alley. Like I, I don't think there's a whole lot of like there's there's a massive drop off, a drop off to baseball. Look, I think that whether you say it's a handful or less, or what the number actually is, when AJ Hinch was the manager of the Astros, there were going to be a couple of games a year where you go as a deeply analytical thinking man's manager. 
there were games that he could he could be involved in the decision. But overall, it's a handful of 162. More games and probably the less percentage chance of in, impacting the game as opposed to two sports where the coaches are deeply involved every single every single uh, uh, contest. 713-780-ESPN. Mailbag Monday with the Killer Bees. Uh, 0613. You have to build a chicken sandwich. Blackened, grilled, or fried? What kind of sauce are you tossing the chicken in? And what's on the sandwich? And what sauce are you going to dip the sandwich in? <laughs> well, I think that if you dip in question. the prepare in the preparing of the actual chicken, if yeah. you dip it, then I don't want to dip it again. Double dip it. Okay, I have a I have a I have an argument. It's fine. I have a I'm going to nitpick that because of my sandwich. But you go ahead. So if I'm going to go grilled, but I'm going to grill it to get that kind of the the grilled flavor to it, so a little char. crispy on the chart on the edges. Yeah, and I'm going to go with a honey barbecue. Okay. And then I'm going to put the red onions. I'm going to put tomatoes and lettuce. And I'm also going to go with um, grilled mushrooms. And I'm good. I'm going to go with probably a buffalo chicken sandwich. Okay. Uh, fried or blackened are both very good, but I have to go grilled in this regard. I kind of want it like yours. If you're going to fry it, it better, better be a, like a flash fry. Very, very, very light batter. In fact, I'm going to go that way. I'm going to go a very, very light batter flash fry so you get a little bit of crisp but not a lot of it. And I don't want the batter to, you know – outweigh the chicken here so i'll go that i'm going to toss it in a really good buffalo sauce so really good buffalo sauce yummy very very good i'm gonna put some coleslaw on it Mm. some pickles on it i'll throw a tomato on it, a little bit of lettuce but not a ton of lettuce just a little bit of lettuce and then i'm gonna dip it into a ranch okay i'm not gonna double dip with two sauces but if I, but I don't, I don't a ranch. But I mean, I, see, I'm not, I'm not a ranch guy like you are. I, I, what I would say is, if I do the honey barbecue before I before I grill it, then I also want honey barbecue afterwards on the top to kind of add to everything else. Yeah, you got to have a little bit of a uh, little bit of chill factor in there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey, injury free career. Who are you all starting a team with? Penny Hardaway, Grant Hill, T Mac, D Rose. Oh, to me, Penny Hardaway was the most talented player that never got to see. He and Grant Hill would be right up there because mm. Grant Hill also got derailed after being a just a total high flyer, solid, really good basketball IQ player. I just thought Penny had that kind of highlight explosiveness too to everything that he did. So I, I would, I would go Penny, D Rose, as Joe knows more than anybody in terms of his career was derailed by just yeah. overly being beat up and physical. But I, I just I start with Grant Hill and, and and with Penny and I'd go Penny and then Grant. See, I go I've, I'm going to flip those. I'm going to go Grant ahead of Penny, but I don't have a like a. I mean, you summed it up really nicely. Uh, you can't go wrong with either one. Penny was like that. I mean, I guess Magic was kind of this way, but there was a long gap where you didn't have a six eight point guard who was super athletic and could shoot pretty good. Yeah, like Penny wasn't like known for being a, like a dead eye three point shooter. Could finish at the rim, uh, but I got to go Grant Hill. Give me Grant Hill over uh, over Penny. T Mac and D Rose are kind of different because I think both got to their peak. I T-Mac think both got slow. to their peak. He played behind Vince yeah. Carter, and it, it took him a while school, to develop, right? But he still reached, I think, his pinnacle. Now the rest of his career was derailed by injury. D Rose reached his pinnacle. Rest of his career de- derailed by injury. I don't think Penny and Grant ever reached their pinnacle. You're right because of injury. They weren't even. Cl- I don't think they were even close. Now Grant Hill still found a way to make it to the to the Basketball Hall of Fame. It was his Duke career. It was a combination of everything that he did. And even when he wasn't the player that he once was, he found a way to contribute, which was big. I think T-Mac obviously blossomed as he got more experience in the league. But to not know what Penny could have actually turned into is disappointing because he had all the tools. Someone said bring back little Penny. Uh, eight, eight, Penny. <laughs> Penny wanted to play basketball. 8881, why is no team signed Snell? 
Would he fit with the Astros? Um, it's interesting. You know, they said that because he because he's a Boris guy and because Cody took a, a three-year deal, would would Snell be kind of like what happened to Keiko, a Boris client, where they wanted that outlandishly big long-term deal and had to settle for a one-year to try and reset themselves with an, and the market a year from now? <laughs> I don't think the Astros are involved in a one-year, $30 million deal for Blake Snell. I think the Yankees might be. I think he would fit in terms of, like, his talent and, like, you'd figure out a way to fit him in. But you're not going to – you're not going to – just financially doesn't make a lot of sense. The reason they hadn't signed yet is because they're holding out for a massive offer and no one's been willing to give it yet. Uh, Alex, is Joe going to take off as much time from 12 to 3 as he did 3 to 6? Maybe more. No chance. No chance. Now that he's on air – He's on air, but he's already kind of gotten that throne feeling of being the king and the queen. That now that he has, you know, c- control of programming and he's on the air, he can he probably doesn't log all the vacation time and probably doesn't even put it in there. He's probably got double the vacation time because he's going to handle his own vacation. Yeah, I don't. I think he's he's not going to miss the opportunity to speak on the radio. Uh, B. Hannon, do you guys put signs in your front lawn? No, never. I can't remember, but I don't think I've ever put a sign in my lawn. Uh, when Allstate Siding and Windows came and did my windows for a couple days, they put the, the sign out front for stuff like that. But definitely, we can't politically anyway. We wouldn't do it, but you can't do it politically when leases and news. Oh, really? Yeah, it's ethically you can't you can't do that. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. 713-780-ESPN, HRMP, listener line. What's your go-to meal at Waterburger? ask Wheatstraw? Oh, God. Double. Double with fried onions, ketchup, cheese. Fried onions? Oh, love them. I didn't know they did that. Yeah. Uh, fried, fried onions and ketchup, double cheese on a double patty, and I'm good. Yeah, go. I'll go double double cheeseburger. you got to get the cheese added. Yep. Easy mustard, though. I don't like the don't mustard, like mustard to overcompensate the flavor. I like a little bit of mustard. Not a much. Give me easy mustard. I don't like the onions, so no onions. And then, of course, you got to get spicy ketchup with the fries. I'm a spicy ketchup guy. You I'm like a, spicy ketchup I'm, being a, no, ketchup I'm a ketchup trooper? Connoisseur. I'm straight Heinz. You go str- well, I mean, if you get Whataburger, you're stuck to the packets. Unless you have them. In your car? It's quite possible. Oh, my goodness. Oh, hold on, quite possible. He has ketchup packets in his car. It's quite possible from time to time to be prepared for any situation and have the you go preferred the... brand. It's the same way you guys oh, have brands with, with what you drink and I things like that. No, I don't keep, like, Cokes in my dash panel to have whenever you I'm just ready for it. Ben, depending on the road Not trip. on the road. You don't know. I do know. Okay. <laughs> I'm the one driving the vehicle. Yeah. I am the one that is the expert at this. Instead of the packets, <laughs> if you get those little plastic containers, it's always, you plastic know. Plastic containers are the way to go over packets. Yeah, a little sure. security security blanket in case some people would outlandishly not carry Heinz. That's the underrated thing about Whataburger is that they do have the plastic little containers mm-hmm. instead of the, the packets. Containers are way better than the packets, but I'm in disbelief that you Chick-fil-A, carry Chick-fil-A car. gets really, like, tight with their sauces, too. Like, they... You have to ask for them, and they're really yeah, they're they're really, they, they ration them. That's because of the uh, you know inflation. Nine zero one two jam or jelly? Is there a difference? Really? I don't know if there is. I don't. I don't either. I'll go jelly because it's the one I think I buy more often, uh, but well, I, I don't think know. I would agree with you that I, I think I just go with straw. The better you know question why? is what flavor. I go strawberry. I like strawberry and grape, but both are like on a tie for me. They're both very. I go very strawberry good. over grape. You know what? I'm going to go jelly over jam because we say peanut butter and jelly, not peanut butter and jam. Is jam? That's like the reason I'm going to go there. Maybe I don't know. I have no that idea. Would be my guess. Nine four five eight. This is a perfect one to end with since we're a Republic Boot Company on Rodeo Eve, trying to get you rodeo ready. What's your favorite rodeo food? 
Oh, brisket. Brisket at the rodeo? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Man, this is a tough one for me. I love I'm a just good thinking rodeo cook-off. The brisket oh, is all Oh, yeah. World. I'm thinking more of the carnival. Give oh. me a, but, but it, I mean, it's your, you can take the question yeah. however you want it to be. Yeah, I'm taking brisket. Give me a turkey leg. I love a good turkey leg. Good turkey legs are fantastic. You know who used to have the best turkey legs? Thorn Stadium when I was eight years old watching District 21 5A football. But also Where's Thorn Stadium? All the uh, ISD. It's on the Beltway. Okay. Right by the airport. Oh, okay. It's right by the airport. They had the best turkey leg back in the day when I was seven, Funnel eight cakes. years old. Funnel Those cakes are, are really good. How do you feel about fried Oreos? Never tried them. Solid. Are they good? Uh, we went to a place the other day. I had never had Look one. Joe. Yes, they are. My wife, my wife had me try one. I've never had a fried Oreo before. Because I, I felt like it'd be weird. So it is it like a deep fried coating to the Oreo? Yeah. Okay. But it, but the, the heat makes the Oreo really, really soft. Oh. So I used to think it was just like fried and it was still like a hard Oreo yeah. inside because I'm an idiot. But no, it's like real soft and gooey. And you have the fried crunch around it. Fried Oreos are That's delicious. That's the craziest thing about the, the Texas State Fair is they deep fry everything. It's like a contest. <laughs> to see. They deep fry Twinkies. They deep fry whatever they can. Okay, we have a we have another final one. Okay, uh, because this is too good of a question. John or Lance? <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> putting you on the spot. It's My answer is easy. I'm going with John. He's my hero. Whoa. I want to be John Granado when I grow up, so I'm picking him. Of course I am. I'm going Lance because Lance has he's succeeding in multiple areas, and he was he was homegrown and self made from a fantasy football guy to a guy that's on NFL.com's payroll and ours. I think we handled that very diplomatically. Yes, I think, I think right. we handled that very I think we well. Have those skills. Uh, Killer Bees broadcasting live. Republic Boot Company. Rodeo Eve. Getting your rodeo ready. Fifteen percent off rodeo ready boots today only. Rodeo kicking off tomorrow. Seven one three seven eight zero. ESPN HRP listener line talking about the Cougars. How about the Cougars? New number yeah. one team in the country. It's Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, a word from a good friend, Doc Linville. Doc Linville is so great at so many things, and guys, right now, you got to realize that there are so many different opportunities and ways that, you know, you and your wife and, and your significant other can get involved in all the ways from the, the spa treatments and the Botox and all the different things that he has to offer. Simply put, my in my opinion, he is the best at the Neograph procedure. If you don't know what it is, but you're suffering from losing your hair, pattern baldness, thinning, you don't think there's anything you can do about it, and you know that those sprays and creams and foams just mask the problem, you got to check out this Neograph procedure that Doc Linville does because it is an absolute game changer. And because you're listening to us right now, you get a special deal. It normally costs 150 bucks just to have a consultation with Doc and his staff and figure out what the Neograft is and if it could help you. Because you listen to us, you get it absolutely free. Go to 975hair.com right now. Sign up for an appointment. Nothing out of pocket. No signing on the dotted line. No commitment. Just you asking questions, getting answers, and seeing if you're the next in line, like I was, to get this wonderful procedure. You get your hair back. You see it almost instantly. And in the next six to nine months, you're going to see it grow, get stronger, longer. And what Doc told me that I wasn't aware of, genetically, you're never going to lose the hair on the sides and the back of your head. So he takes some of it, repurposes it, and you get the benefit of a better overall coverage area and more self-confidence because of how you look. Check him out today. Tell him I sent you by because I did it and I could not be happier with it. But you will love the results if you do the Neograph procedure at 975hair.com. The Killer Bees are in full rodeo season mode, live at Republic Boot Company in the Heights. From the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Joel and Jeremy.
He's Blank. I'm Brad, and we are the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Did you see who the new number one team in the country is today? Both AP, Who's Coaches Poll, Kim Palm, Net Ranking. I mean, you, you, you tell me the ranking. I'll tell you who the number one team in the country is. Uh, yeah, Houston Cougars, the new number one team. You know, so a lot of people are surprised by this. This is the first time in Houston Cougar basketball history where they've been ranked number one in the nation back-to-back seasons. Really? First time ever. Like Ficeland and Jama, huh? even Elvin, they, they were never back-to-back. They were never number one in back-to-back years in the history of the program. I, that's amazing to me. And I think that, the, again, just like we were talking about the other day, the true testament to what Kelvin Sampson has done big picture. And this, we talk about the golden run of Astros baseball, but this unbelievable golden run of Cougars basketball, because of Kelvin, what he's been able to do, the, 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 the leader of the, the ship, uh, so to speak, it's amazing what you're witnessing on a game-by-game basis and, and the fact that you know they literally have a chance with as much as Purdue was decorated early in the season and everybody was talking about all these teams not named Houston as being the number one overall seed in the tournament. They basically control their own destiny to be the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament, and that would be awesome. Yeah, they um... – Someone texted that and asked us earlier. Like the quad ones are, they're kind of like going back and forth depending on what the other teams do. I was list, I was read something from Lenardi yesterday that he said these top three teams, UConn, Purdue, and Houston, are like a virtual tie with the number one overall seed. I don't know how much the number one overall seed would matter a whole lot this year because if you look at the regions, it seems like all three of them have a very specific region they would be in, anyways, where it might not matter if you're one versus like three. Now they're supposed to do like the whole snake thing too, so maybe you could come and play there. But, uh, it matters yeah, with having well. you as on the killer bees because it would have <laughs> you more geographically centered around the uh, state of Texas. Well, I, I think that because of Purdue and UConn and where they would want to go, that they're kind of locked into that region anyways. Okay. Because okay. you do get your pick of the region if you're the number one overall seed. And Arizona, but like, Purdue likely, and UConn aren't going to pick Dallas. Right, and Arizona's probably going to stay out west if, if they keep playing the way they're playing. And they, they wouldn't. Well, they, they, they would be the fourth number one seed, I would assume. I've seen it go back and forth. Um, like, I've seen North Carolina in the mix okay. there. I think that's still very much in play, yep. uh, that number four spot. Like, someone was asking, what would Houston have to do the rest of the way to be the, the number one? Eh, probably I think maybe win, win the regular – maybe not win out, but maybe win the regular season title and then have, like, a decent run in the Big 12 tournament. Yeah, and I think the tournament matters, obviously, the the, the conference tournament. But I think it, that, that game against Kansas at the end of the year, if you go get yourself another quad one win against a team like Kansas and solidify just how impactful your entire year has been, I think it's going to make a whole lot of difference in terms of the level of competition start to finish. First year in the Big 12, and you dominate. And, and do the things that they've been able to do, I think that has a ton of impact just on their overall schedule and rating their schedule. You're right. They still have to do it. You know, they can't fall apart in the tournament. But, man, if they, be, if they, if they run the table on the rest of the regular season, what a run that would have to be in terms of when people are doing the seeding. I mean, I'm curious where you would weigh in on this, Joe. I, I Obviously, Jeremy would have a, probably a pretty strong opinion on this. Uh, but – uh, this last Cougars run over the last, I guess, I don't know, what, five, six years uh, since they've uh, really uh, stepped back into the national prominence or mm-hmm. in the spotlight, would you have this as the, the number one team that Houston's had this season as compared to the other teams under Calvin Sampson under this run? It's crazy because from a team perspective, and it's a team sport, and a lot of people forget that, you maybe don't have the kind of individual standouts that Sampson has had from year to year. I mean, going Sheen's, back a, to- Sheen's a standout. 
Shed. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Shed. Wow, he's my, my on the <laughs> list. Bad Take Boulevard. Wow, Brian. He's the number one team in the country and an All-American. Come on. I mean, you would think Jay Bielis is, is calling games for ESPN <laughs> now. Look, I, I think that the, this is Calvin's best job because of the fact that he had two first-round draft picks on the team a year ago. He's had guys that have been the overall go-to. But you've got a backcourt now that you can lean on either guy. You've got three interchangeable parts with the bigs and the, the way they're able to play defense and rotate and get rebounds and block shots. And, and you've got some youth to, to, to kind of fill in and, and the other guys that have picked up and stepped up as well. This is the true testament. This is, I think, the greatest team effort that you've seen. You've had individuals in the past, if you're following what I'm putting down here, You've had individuals that have been able to carry this team from time to time, more so in the past. This has been the overall team effort and the best overall team so far to date. Obviously, the end results at the end of the year matter and how far they go, how deep they can run. That'll factor into it, too. But I just think this is the most complete overall team effort you've seen in terms of different guys every night stepping up. And, and the one thing that's a staple is that defense. Yeah. And, See, I'm a – go ahead, B-Mac. No, I just I, – I saw this note uh, from CBS Sports. The, I guess it was Sunday when I was, you know – just looking into all of this. And the Cougars, obviously, first year in the Big 12, but already in their first year in the Big 12, they're the first ever Big 12 team to go 10-1 and one or better in an 11-game stretch of conference play since Baylor did it in 2020-2021. So it feels like some of the questions that people may have had that don't follow the Houston Cougars basketball program, you know, uh, as much as we do here in the city of Houston about you know, level of competition and the typical things you, you hear about uh, uh, schools in smaller conferences year one, they stepped into the big 12 completely dominated it. It just, it's amazing how quickly they've taken to this and arguably gotten even better than they were last year when they were also a number one seed. See, I get, I do a lot of hits like on these college basketball, like Sirius XM, big 12 radio, and the question that I get asked more than anything else is, like, is it surprising that Houston's doing this in, in the Big 12? And my, my answer to that is always, I feel like we, like as fans and you know, sports talk hosts and doing what we do, we are quick to judge a team based on the conference affiliation that they're in. Like, if you have the WCC attached to your name, well, you're not as good as a team from the Big 12 or the SEC. If you have the American Conference attached to your name, you're not as good as a team from the ACC. And it's like, well, what has changed? Nothing's changed. Like, nothing's changed. Houston's just really good. Your opinion was just based on what conference affiliation that they were in. Houston was the number one seed last year. They're number one seed this year. Uh, They have the, I think it's 81 straight weeks now where they've been ranked in the top 25. It's the longest streak in the country. You look at what Houston has done in the last few years in the NCAA tournament. They've been to the Sweet 16 in each of the last four tournaments that were held. They have a final four. They have a lead eight in that stretch. They're one of only two teams in the country that has that has four straight Sweet 16s. The other one's Arkansas. They're not doing anything different. They're, they're Houston Cougars. Kelvin Sampson, like he has his holy trinity, offensive rebounding, playing really good defense, taking care of the ball. They don't change who they are. Um, yeah, the opponents are better. The league is better. The venues that you go to are a lot better. But they are still a really good team. Their conference affiliation is the only thing that they haven't changed at all. They are still who they always were these last several years. The thing that changed is the conference name that's next to who they are, the Houston Cougars. Yeah, I think think the other thing is maybe the rest of the country sleeps on what we are blessed to see on a more consistent basis because – Kelvin knows what travels. He knows that no matter how big or small the gym is and what kind of environment it is, if you play the kind of defense that they play, if you clean the glass on both ends and you get second-chance opportunities on the offensive side, 
you're going to be in most ball games that you play regardless. But the fact that, you know, we look at Calipari from year to year and the extra pressure of having to reload, and when you don't, that there's a fall-off in, in some years. And with Kelvin, whether he gets a, a five-star every year or two five-stars or not, he's going to find a way to make this team competitive to, to the levels that you're talking about in, in a top 25 way that we haven't seen in, in so long and ever in some, certain cases with Houston basketball. We see it with the Carolinas and the Dukes and the Kansases and the Kentuckys. And I think a lot of people saw them going to the Big 12 and saying, hey, best basketball conference in the country. It's going to take them a couple of years to kind of settle in and be what these other teams have been. To your point, they haven't, they haven't missed a beat, and they look better than they looked even last year in the American. So it's been fantastic. Yeah, I can't pick a favorite one or who is the best because they're, they're like my kids, you know? You can't yeah. pick a favorite you kid. Have you a can't favorite your kid. Everyone kid. has a favorite kid. No, that's not true. That's I don't not have favorite true. kids. Oh, no, you love on. them all equally. You love them all the same. Uh, last year, I mean, my mom people, did. I was just blessed. <laughs> people forget that you know last year's team had a, had Jarris Walker, who was a top ten yeah. pick, and they had Marcus Sasser, who was a first round pick. So Samson lost two first round draft picks. One of them a lotto pick. He had another player transfer, who's one of Arkansas's best players. Placed all of those guys. And here you are, first place in the Big 12. Like, and you lost they just win. Arsenal? They just win. Arsenal, yeah, that's a huge so, loss. And so they lost Ramon Walker loss. the other day, yeah. too. Two rotation players also yep. out for the year. Like It's a, it's amazing how they just keep winning. That's like, what I'm saying. That was my point with the Calipari thing. He reloads with five stars every year, and when he doesn't, he falls way off. Calvin loses two first-round draft picks to the NBA, and, and you know, obviously he gets crier to, to transfer and all that. But the fact is, is that they skilled, they don't, they don't miss a beat because their brand of basketball travels. It, no matter what it is, the defense, the rebounding, the, the the things that he he predicates as top priority, that those are difference makers. Okay, Seven, Joel, one, I mean, I got to Go follow up on that. Hearing you say all that, uh, obviously a national title will help cement it, and we'll find out what happens in March and April. But would you say Kelvin Sampson then is doing the best job of coaching in the entire country? Oh, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any question in my mind whether it's just a, a you know this season alone award. But you, you talk to the, the Jay Billises of the world, the people that are the true the national spokespeople for for college basketball, and there's a reason why Jay is is leading the the the, the drive to get uh, Kelvin in the hall in the Hall of Fame. I mean, what Kelvin does and the way he look. This is a day and age where basketball players are coddled more than ever before. From all the different ways they're coddled with AAU to every college throwing everything at them to kiss their rear end just to come there for a year or two. And the fact that Kelvin has a very tough love way of coaching. And it is going to be his way or the highway. Yet he still gets the type of quality players and individuals to come to the university to play his brand of basketball. There's no doubt he should be the the front runner for coach of the year. Yeah, I saw a list the other day that didn't have him on there. I was like, what? Who, like, who's, who's leading? I think it was Jeff Goodman, who I'm not a fan of. No, but who, who, which coaches? <laughs> which I was going to put him on the list, but I try not. I try to separate church and state when it comes to that, and I, I didn't do that. Uh, what's his name from Purdue? Uh, I, I don't remember who's on there because I, I just I – can't, I can't sit there and say that Kelvin isn't neck and neck or, or better than anybody that they, you can throw at me. Gonzaga's taken a step back this year a little bit, although they're still good. I'm, I'm just thinking, is there a, a standout like that we weren't expecting to the level that you can try and compete with what Kelvin's done in his first year in the Big 12? I mean, you know who would have my vote, but I'm, well, I'm incredibly, mine too. incredibly biased. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. We're live at the Republic Boot Company getting you rodeo ready. Everything. Shirts. They got the suits. They got everything you could want. The hats. 
but 15% off Rodeo Ready Boots. It is Rodeo Eve inside of Republic Boot Company. We're here until 6 o'clock. Uh, ESPN had a bold move for the Texans. What was the bold move? Would we do the bold move? But what would our, what would our bold move of the Texans offseason be? 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.